given of your time. Amen, amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, we want to turn your attention to the book of Genesis, the first chapter. And I'm going to read several verses through Genesis chapter 1. And by the help of the Lord today, I'm going to speak to you on a subject. I, I first preached this message. This is not the first time I have preached this message. I first preached this message here in 2006. I first preached this message back um, in the 1990s. That's a long time for some of you, isn't it? Back in the 1990s, I first preached this message, and um, I first preached it here in 2006, and I heard someone preface this the other day, and um, it has been stirring in my spirit over and over again, and this week, considered and thinking, I felt to to bring it back. I mean, we've sung Amazing Grace more than one time, and so it is the word of the Lord, and we understand there's nothing new under the sun, and so I feel that I have put some fresh touches on an old message this morning that will speak to your heart. Amen. Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to begin with verse number 1 and read down through verse number 8, and then I'm going to skip down and read two or three other verses. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. We could stop right there, and that would be just about enough for us to know that there is a God. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Now I want you to get this last half of this fifth verse. And the evening, everybody say in the evening, and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. Drop to verse 13, and let me just just preface a few things here. I want you to notice in verse 13, and the evening and the morning were the third day. Drop on down to verse number 19. Read it out loud with me if you would. And the evening... And the morning were the fourth day. How about verse 23? Could we read it with me as well? And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. With the help of the Lord today, I'm going to preach to you, God works the night shift. God works the night shift. Would you lift your hands and pray with me right now? Lord, we need your help today. 
that in this house this morning, would there be somebody, God, that needs to hear this word? I pray, Lord, that you impact and impart your word through your spirit into every heart and every life today. Lord, that we would rejoice in knowing that you're always working for us and working for our good. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. Now, please don't anyone try to make a doctrine out of this idea that I'm bringing to you today. All right? Because it seems like that people are twisting scriptures all over the place. I see it more, and I guess maybe it's because social media now allows you insight into what people are thinking and how people are feeling, and insight into what people really believe and how they feel about certain issues. And my concern is, is that I see so many people that are twisting scriptures and making doctrines out of things that fit their own personal preferences and sometimes things in scripture may be spoken in a manner in which it is not to be, a doctrine is not to be made from it. When I preach God works the night shift, don't anybody start believing that true Christians all have to stay up all night because that's the only time God's going to work. I know there was a book written a few years ago and it kind of circulated through the apostolic ranks and preachers were preaching it all over the country that if you want your prayers answered, you have to pray at 4 a.m. That way angels could take your prayer and they could take it to heaven and God will hear your prayer. Otherwise, you're going to be on hold until the next day at 4 o'clock. Well, perhaps they missed the fact that Daniel prayed three times a day. And the Bible said men ought always to pray. So I got an idea. Since some of us get up early in the morning and go to work and have to sleep at night, I believe God will hear my prayer at 4 p.m. as much as he'll hear my prayer at 4 a.m. So I'm preaching this message in hopes today that someone may find that in your darkest hour, When you think you are alone and you think no one knows what you're going through or what you're feeling, how many of you sometimes just feel like, "Mm, Jesus better help me today? You know what I'm talking about. Those days that you can't necessarily pinpoint it, but you need Jesus. I saw a sign the other day that said, I need Jesus and a cup of strong black coffee. Well, I don't drink black coffee, but a good Coke and Jesus helps me. But mainly Jesus, I need him every day. So I want you to understand this morning that God never sleeps. You and I get tired and weary and exhausted Matter of fact, we've been putting in some really, really long days out uh, working. We've been working from just about daylight until well after dark. The other day, I think it was Thursday night, we worked uh, from early morning to late night. Uh, 
by the time I, I was doing work that I wasn't used to doing, and by the end of the day, I could hardly stay on my feet. I actually had to sit down and, uh, and, and was just thinking about just calling for my wife to bring a pillow and a blanket right there on the ground. I was exhausted. I was tired. And I didn't say anything. I was a good husband and good pastor and good father. But when I got home, my text messages were full, and I walked in, and my wife said, Babe, when you get time, I need you to. And I don't know what she said after that. And my boys came in, and they were like, Hey, Dad, blah, 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 blah. I think they were speaking in tongues. I never heard anything after Dad I need. I was so exhausted and so tired and I was eating and sitting there and I'm thinking, my goodness, I don't know when I've ever felt so exhausted. I found my way upstairs and I think I made it into the bed. I woke up the next morning, that's where I was. I'm not sure if I made it there on my own or if I was assisted there. You ever get that tired? I mean, I was just so tired. I woke up Friday morning and I was still tired. And some of you are just looking at me. You need, you, need to, you need to come spend a day with me. I was exhausted. I was worn out. I, I, I was tired. And I got there on Friday. And I, I, I worked a pretty good day there Friday. And, and I was back Saturday. And I'm, I'm back, back on the job. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm weary. And I'm... I, my, my back's hurting and my bones are hurting and my muscles are hurting and I'm, I'm hurting places that I don't normally hurt. And I'm weary and I'm thinking, oh, I wish somebody understood how I feel right now. And I was reminded that God never gets to that point. God never gets weary. He never gets exhausted. He never is too tired to hear your prayer. When I get home and my wife said, Hey babe, I need, and I just tuned out whatever came after. We'll take this up later, I know. It'll be a discussion. Nice one, nice one. I was tired. Inside voice. But no matter what you're feeling and no matter how late it is or what time it is, when you whisper the name of Jesus, He always listens to whatever your need is. So I want to help somebody this morning that may be weary and tired in a dark place in your life. And I want you to understand that God is never weary and tired that He cannot hear you or will not hear you. Now, I want you to get this text with me this morning as I attempt to, to, to enter into this thought process that I feel the Lord inspired me with several years ago. Men think of day when we wake up of a morning, right? We think of day from morning until evening. 
But God obviously does not work so. That's why we understand that the evening and the morning are the first day. Now our clocks are attuned to the fact that evening would start. I say evening starts about 6 p.m. And night starts somewhere around 9 or 10 o'clock. And midnight is 12 o'clock and morning starts at 1, but I don't start morning until about 7.30. So we think of morning and evening different than God thinks of morning and evening. Because when God spoke of a day, he said the evening and the morning were the day. In the evening is when I'm tired and weary. I'm wanting to shut down. But according to the text, God begins his work in the evening. He works from evening until morning. The evening and the morning were the day. You see, God begins at the point of darkness and works until it is light. God work starts working when things are bad and works until they are good. I jumped online and did a little research and found out over 20 million Americans work the night shift. Those who work the night shift claim to love it and wouldn't trade it with anything. There are people who have worked the night shift for many, many years Years, they get switched to days and absolutely hate their job and want to go back and work the night shift. I don't know any night shift workers here. God bless you. Do you like working the night shift? Is it my choice, Sister Wanda? It's my choice. Some like that because they, it seems to be easier. Office cleaners work at night, radio hosts often work through the night, and they uh, night shift people have their own culture, and they view the world in a little different way. They see life through the dimness of streetlights and darkness, and I would get depressed if I was doing it. But uh, Las Vegas is a city that caters to nightlife. It's it's all night tanning salons and all night wedding chapels. You can get married at one a.m. 24-hour child care centers all open to meet the demands of a 24-hour city. <coughs> Since e-commerce happens around the clock, many companies in the Silicon Valley are available all through the night. You can call for technical support at 3 o'clock in the morning and they answer you, Chipper, happy to serve you today. Trauma nurses and ER doctors thrive on the energy of the night shift. Medical workers always have somebody on staff through 
the night. Truck drivers say they love the freedom that comes from working through the night. Factory workers who work the night shift often say they like it because there are fewer, fewer people and fewer bosses there and they have to work a little less and get paid a little more. Night shift workers get a little bit of a premium pay. It's just not worth it. I want to sleep. But here's the catch. If you're going to work the night shift, you cannot be afraid of the dark. I'm not afraid of the dark. I can't say I haven't always been afraid of the dark. I know a lot of people that are afraid of the dark. They may say they're not afraid of the dark, but the moment darkness comes, they're like, ooh, give me some light. But if you're going to work the night shift, you can't be afraid of the dark. But I, I want to make a, a little point here, if I may, in this message. And that is that in the darkest hours of our lives, it's typically when we always become fearful. Because we don't understand darkness. We were never made to see into darkness. We were never made to be able to understand darkness. And, and to be able to, to realize what our surroundings look like. So when we get in the darkest moments of our lives. That is precisely when most of us become very fearful and afraid. And thinking that nobody knows where we are. We're never going to get out of this. God is not even aware of where we are. We're, we're never going to be able to, to do any better than what we are doing. And life is never going to change. And it's always going to be where it is until fear absolutely controls our lives. I come this morning to remind you that God is not afraid of your darkness. Don't be afraid of the dark because God is not afraid of the dark. And while you are at home in bed sleeping, thinking that God doesn't know where you are, we're thinking God must be resting right now. But the truth is, is that all of creation happened from evening until morning. So why don't you go lay your head on your pillow tonight, close your eyes and sleep well, knowing that while I'm asleep, God is at work in my life. While I'm thinking nobody is doing anything to help me, God is working everything for your good from evening until morning. In the darkest point of your life, until things get better, God will be working for your good. No, not physical evening to morning. I know that's what the text is saying, but I'm preaching a little bit in, in, in a parable form this morning. If I may, for you to understand that when a traumatic situation comes, when trials come, when tests comes, and it seems like the dark clouds are looming overhead, and darkness comes, and his darkness is all that you can see in your life, just go ahead and have calm assurance because God is working in the middle of your darkness. Because God never sleeps. There's never a time that God's too tired to hear you. There's never a time that God's going to say, can I get back with you because I'm too weary. God is not afraid of your darkness. It was our God who sent darkness running at creation when he said, let there be light. It was our God who pierced the dark tomb of Lazarus when he said, Lazarus, come forth. 
Because God can speak in the middle of your darkness and he will turn your darkness around and bring light in your dark situation. It was God who pierced and illuminated death's tunnel when he got up on the third day. Conquering death, hell, and the grave. It was our God who brought hope in the world when he came forth carrying the keys of death, hell, and the grave. God isn't worried about your dark situation. He's already conquered it. He already has the victory over it. Your dark situation is not darkness to God. It is a point because God is the light. Anybody with me this morning? Because God is the light. And when God is present, He will bring light in your situation. And you've got to understand this today. That nighttime comes to every life. Light and darkness is all part of the rhythm of life. We all will go through dark days, dreary times, times of problems and struggle. Nighttime is inevitable in every life. Darkness is no respecter of persons. It rains on the just and on the unjust. Darkness doesn't come because you're not living for God. And light, sunlight is not always going to shine merrily in your heart just because you're living right before the Lord. It rains on the just and unjust. You're going to go through hardships and struggle. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, you're going to go through it. We all are. We're all going to go through it. Some of us know what it's like to have darkness come to our life, sickness that hits our body, death that hits our home, financial problems, sickness, and sickness in our children, sickness in our families, marital issues, family struggles. We all have been through hard times and dark days. We all have been through struggle. It rains on the just and the unjust. It happens to everybody. Don't get in the middle of your dark situation and think God doesn't know where I am. God knows right where you are. He, he never, there was never one moment that there was ever a question. God knows exactly where you are. And know this, God has impeccable timing. Second Peter the third chapter and verse 8 said, Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that with the Lord... One day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. See, we get in the middle of situations, and we're thinking, oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, and, and I, I understand creation and understand that, that uh, the days of creation, that God spoke and things came into existence. But the truth is, as we get in the middle of things, and we say, God, by tomorrow, I demand an answer. Here's the problem. God doesn't see the day like you see the day. 
Here's the issue. God is not looking at your dilemma, at your situation the way that you are. You're putting demands on God saying tomorrow. And God is saying you're looking at the day completely different from the way that I'm looking from the day. As far as the way I'm looking at the day, I'm going to resolve the issue in a day. It's going to be from darkness until the situation becomes light. I'm not going to stop working. See, you or I want to work eight hours or maybe ten for a little overtime or twelve if they can really push us hard. You see, we work real hard and that's how. And then we've got to let it rest overnight and then we'll come back and pick it up and start working the next day. But God doesn't work that way in your situation. Because when God starts working in your situation, He doesn't work a little while and have to take a break and have to go rest and come back and take a lunch break and go sleep a little while. God starts working in the middle of your darkness and He keeps working until your situation becomes light. God's not weary with it. God's not tired of it. He can work while you're going through all of your dilemmas saying, God, I need it done in a day. The Lord is saying, I'm going to work from evening until morning. I'm going to work from night until light. I'm going to work from darkness until the thing is resolved in your life. I'm trying to encourage somebody today that's going through it. You need to know that God is working for your good. God is working for your good. God's never working against you. Can I tell you this morning that God is never working against you? He is always working for your good. And when you think, and when you think that you have reached the end of your road, And you think there's nothing else left to do. I would guess that when you consider the fact of the vastness of of the solar system and you could consider the vastness of the sun and the moon and the stars and consider everything that God did, we would become weary just thinking about the fact that God could create in, in one day. He created the heavens and the earth. And then in one day he speaks, let there be light, and there was light. Everything he did, he did in the confines of one day. He did it in one one setting. He did it in one moment. Can I speak to you today and tell you that when we think that our situation is so big that it's going to take a very long time for God to resolve it, here is the issue. We are thinking in terms of human reasoning. We are thinking from our perspective. We are thinking from our point of view. We think, well, it would take us a while to do it. But I come this morning to tell you that God can do whatever God wants to do because He is God. And if God so chooses, God can speak one word and He can put it all into existence for you. Sometimes He lets you go through some darkness so that you can learn some things. He allows you to go through some trials because He's trying to teach some things to you and put some things into you that the only way you're going to learn it is to go through it. But when you go through it and come out the other side, you look back and say, Oh, now I understand it all. Has there anybody ever been there? 
Now I understand because you're looking back on what you have been through. But I want you to understand today that the Lord is working for your good. And the issue is the sooner we get in the middle of the situation and start saying, God's working for me. It's dark here, but God's on my side. God's working for me. The sooner that you just get confident in the middle of the darkness knowing I'm not alone. God is with me. No reason to let fear overwhelm me. No reason to let fear overcome me. I know God's working for me and he's not going to work a little while and quit. He's going to work it until everything is worked out. How many of you want the will of God in your life? How many of you want God to... See, we really say we want the will of God in our life, but yet we want God to do it our way. God, I want you to do it by tomorrow, but God is saying it will be according to my tomorrow because your tomorrow and my tomorrow may not be the same, but I will work it until you get to the point that it's my tomorrow. God is saying, I'm not concerned with your demand. I'm concerned with my day. When it's time for me to work it out, and complete it I will do it because God has impeccable timing he's never too early and he's never too late but he's always right on time you think God is going to do it because you said do it I got to tell you this morning that I've been in situations where I put demands on God God I need it by this time I need it by that time but God has spoken into my spirit very recently and he said stop worrying about the timetable that you're putting on me I got a plan and when my plan is fulfilled that's when I'm going to say okay you can move to the next to the next level you can move to the next position you can move to the next point but right now I want you to have confidence that I'm working it for my good for your good look at your neighbor and tell him God's right on time in your situation God is right on time we used to sing a song something about that you know he may not come when you call him but he's always right on time how many of you remember singing that how many of you remember living that He may not come when you call him, but he's always right on time because he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. You see, you you, you can't put your your, uh, conditions on God. You've got to allow God to work it out according to his plan. Because the evening and the morning were the day. We're thinking the morning to the evening. But God is saying, no. I'm going to work it without breaking, without sleeping, without resting. Well, God, I've been dealing with this situation for a long time. It's just a day with the Lord. He's working it for you. And He's working it for your good. Don't rush God. Don't get in a hurry. Don't put God on time limits. If you could just just trust the Lord today with sweet assurance, knowing God's working it for me. Because God has never seen darkness that light would not change. I've seen light that darkness can't affect. 
But I've never seen darkness that light cannot change. Because in the darkest moments of your life, all you need is just a flicker of light. Just a little ray of hope. I'm coming this morning to bring you a little ray of hope. If you're walking through a dark day in your life, I'm trying to bring a little ray of hope to you. It may not be much. It may not be much. We could turn off all the lights in this room this morning. And I could turn on a little, a little battery-operated light on this cell phone. You see, let me, let me see if I can make this work. Whew. That's not helping many of you, is it? Not doing much for you, is it? But if we turned off all the lights in the room and made it dark and I turned this on, you would be able to see to get out. You would be able, it would be your exit strategy. It would be your way to be able to navigate and work because see, we get used to everything being bright. We get used to everything. Our eyes are so fixed that they are attuned to the amount of light that we have. God created the human body so that the dimmer, that the lights, the wider the pupil of the eye becomes to, to, to be able to receive more light so that we can see in darker situations and then there's a point that you cannot see. Yet God created all sorts of creatures such as cats and certain certain creatures that 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 rule in the night and they they don't require light to be able to see they can they, their eyes and the receptors in their eyes are, are able to open up and when you and I would be stumbling and staggering saying oh I just wish I had a, a match I wish I had my cell phone I just wish I had a little bit of light to, to be able to see they have no problem seeing but see they still require a minute amount of light they cannot see in total and complete darkness they have no ability to see there has to be a little bit of light in order for even those creatures to see it requires a little bit of light but their eye receptors are able to take that tiny amount of light and be able to to to, to utilize it so that they can see at night as well as some of us can see during the day but in a in a in a situation of total darkness they would not be able to see at all but god in the middle of complete darkness. When there was no light at all. Said let there be light. And it came on. God spoke in utter darkness. See sometimes our situations get like that. To where we can't see at I'm not talking about we have a hard time seeing. I mean, we can't see at all. You ever been there? I have no idea what tomorrow's going to hold. I have no idea how I'm going to make it. I can't see at all. God can still see. And he can see well enough to work. Can you understand what I'm preaching this morning? He can see well enough to be able to work in your situations when others are not able to see. When you and I are not able to see, God says it's time for me to go to work. It's time. See, when it gets so bad for you and I that we feel like I can't take anymore. You ever said that? 
I don't know what else I, I can't handle anymore. I've heard some of you say it, Pastor, I can't handle anymore. I, I just can't go through anymore. I just can't, I, I don't think I can, I can make it anymore. I can't go through, just can't take it. Pastor, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's the point that God says, okay. Because when your ability runs out, God says, now it's time for me to go to work. When you're tired of it, exhausted with it, frustrated with it and over it, God says, okay, that's about time for me to show up and start speaking miracles like light and like bringing things into existence that were not as though they were. I got a feeling that somebody that's been going through darkness is going to have the light of God turned on this week when you get the faith to begin to believe God and trust God in the middle of your dark situation. I got a feeling God is going to show up. He's going to turn some light on. He's going to let you begin to have a glimpse into what he's working out for you. It may not even be finished yet, but he's going to turn enough light on it that you're able to see God's working it out for your good. Oh, stand with me this morning. Lift your hands toward heaven. Begin to give God praise. He wants to do a miracle in somebody's life. Why don't you just trust him right now? Throw your hands toward heaven. Begin to trust him right now. Begin to call on his name right now. Cry out to him in the middle of your darkness. He will turn light on. He will give you hope in the middle of your hopeless situation. Come on, lift your voice up right now to the Lord. Lift your voice up to the Lord right now. Cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. He's worthy. He's able. He's able. Come on, let him turn some light on in your dark situation today. Let him turn some light on. If you could see in the darkness, if you could see in the darkness, you would realize what God is doing for us. If you could see in the darkness, you would understand that He's been working all along. See, what you were unable to see, God is still working. Although I cannot see it, God is still working it. He's still making it happen. He's still fixing it. He's still turning it around for you. He's still working on it. Oh, when it seems impossible, God is still working. He's still working. Come on, reach out to Him all over the room right now. Reach out to Him. Reach out to Him. He's working for your good. He's working for your good. With your power, perform miracles. Oh, there is nothing that's impossible. That's impossible. 